0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest foxcasting either side of the Breach. On tonight's episode, we continue the story of the Gremlin General. The Bayou Gremlins have decided to elect a single general who will unite the families against the Guild, using the human concept of democracy. The families have all returned to their homes to plot and strategize for the upcoming election. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of this tale, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by the Jones Family Campaign. If you value strong shine, big guns and big hats, vote Jones in the upcoming Gremlin election. And if you don't vote Jones, we'll shoot you. This ad was paid for by the campaign to elect Lenny Jones. Summer sank down into his favorite chair, a stuffed, high-backed monstrosity of a throne built for humans that were big, even by human standards. One leg had been broken off in the raid that stole it, and it had been replaced with crooked planks held together with old nails. Summer had to hitch himself up every couple of minutes to keep from leaning too far to the side, and if he fell asleep in the thing, he usually woke up on the floor. But darn if it wasn't as soft as a piglet's belly. The rest of his kin the Joneses, gathered up around him at a long table pieced together from several smaller tables. Jugs of Summer's own old huskello were passed around, and soon everyone was sharing a good buzz. Lenny, one of Summer's many potential sons, ducked his way into the dining room. Lenny was probably the biggest gremlin anyone had ever seen. He towered over his brothers, his sisters, and even Summer himself. In any other situation... This might have made Lenny a natural leader of gremlins. As it was, however, even the other gremlins realized that the towering gremlin wasn't much smarter than the average rock. Paul, is it dinner time? A squealing, struggling piglet was tucked under his thick, muscular arm. Summer shook his head. No, boy, just having a good sit-down with the family. Lenny stared at him blankly, a bit of drool rolling down his mouth. Piglet wants some cornbread. You'll find your ma. She'll make you some. Go on, boy. We've got man talk to do. Blinking, Lenny turned and wandered off the way he'd come, banging his head on the awning as he went. The shack shuddered briefly, but none of the other gremlins seemed to notice. Summer swirled his mug. Three weeks, boys. Then us gremlins get a gremlin general. Who do you think it's going to be? Oswald Jones asked. Summer drew a pistol from his waistcoat and fired. Oswald was dead before his head hit the table. Spilled shine mixed with the blood spreading on the tabletop. You's gonna be the boss, the other Joneses piped in. Summer nodded. That's right, cause you all is gonna vote for me, right? Another gremlin, Jimmy, got a puzzled look. But them other families don't like you much. They won't vote for... Summer fired again. The gremlins started to shrink into themselves, sipping more cautiously now. Their silence made the sound of Jimmy's body slumping to the floor more emphatic. None of them even dared to make a grab for his flask of hooch. Uh, Lester Jones cleared his throat, then shielded himself with his cup as Summer aimed his way. Wait, boss, i I've got some idea. Summer waited, one thumb on the revolver's handle. We know the other families is going to make a fuss, so maybe we pick someone who they will vote for. Someone pulled the hammer back with a click. Someone who will always do what you says, even if you ain't the one what got voted. The Jones patriarch pursed his lips in thought, then eased the hammer down and nodded. You might have a good idea there, Lester. Lester breathed out a sigh of relief as a few of the other gremlins patted him on the back, congratulating him on surviving. Summer shifted in his chair. Okay, boys, here's what we're going to do. The Jones patriarch's voice fell into a hushed whisper. But it wasn't enough to escape Tanner Benoit, who was sitting under the table disguised as a footstool. The spy had nearly screamed when Jimmy Jones had fallen next to him, but he'd snatched up Jimmy's hooch as soon as he hit the floor, and that helped to settle his nerves while he listened in. Ophelia unhitched her pistol belt and set it on the back of her favorite chair, a gremlin-sized rocker carved from old roots that had been left to her by her mother. Ophelia remembered sitting on her mother's knee, hearing the tales of the men of the city, wondering what kinds of interesting things they did to make their streetlights glow. Francois lit a match behind her, drawing her out of her reverie. "'It's going to be you, Fee. The Joneses are rat bastards, and the Tuckets are too full of themselves.' He tossed the match aside, and Pear immediately snatched it up, mesmerized by the tiny, fading glow of the ember. Too ride!' Raphael grunted, shotgun sitting in his lap like a pet. "'Them Joneses think we'll vote for that fat hog summer? They'll get both barrels!' Ophelia offered up a grim smile. "'We can't go with this like we do everything else. Let's be real here. None of the families, except for the Tuckets and maybe Nuema would ever vote a girl in as Gremlin General. She crossed her legs and scratched her chin in thought. And if we vote for anyone else but a Jones, then Summer will call foul, throw a tantrum, and we're right back to fighting. I like fighting, Per giggled, his fingers now thoroughly soot-stained from playing with Francois' match. Yeah, but it's the wrong fight, Ophelia sighed. Ever since the red cage opened, we're fighting six fights at a time. This one with the Joneses There's one fight too many. Francois puffed on his cigarette. So what's your call? Ophelia closed her eyes and tried to imagine what Perdita might do in a situation like this. To win a fight, she needed to have the right people in the right place at the right time. So what the Lacroix needed was... A smile spread wide on her lips. Okay. I've got it. You think you got what, Ma? Tuckett asked. Trixie Belle pulled her closer, glancing suspiciously at the pigs in the nearby pen. A couple of her admirers ducked behind one of the bigger sows. Who to vote for? Trixie Bell said. She leaned in and whispered the name. Ma grimaced. What? You got a stupid in the head, girl? Trixie stood up straight with a huff. It's a good idea, and you know it, Ma. I won't do it, Ma replied. She thwacked the side of the pig pen with her giant spoon. The beast inside let out a chorus of panicked squeals and started scampering about in the mud, trampling Trixabel's admirers beneath their hooves. That'll learn you. Trixabel put her hands on her hips. Ma, why'd you have to go and do that? I don't like the one with the eyes. Always looking at you, Ma said. Jones boys, pah! She spat on the ground. How can you tell if he's even looking at me? He's always staring in two different directions at once. Trixie leaned in close again. And besides, if he's got eyes for me, or or one eye for me at least, then that means he might, you know, see things the Tuckett way, maybe. Ma scowled at her, but she didn't disagree. Instead, she turned back toward her house, spoon over one shoulder, looking very pensive. Ezekiel Gortro stood in the circle with his fellow Boko, their voices lowered in grim chants. In the center of the circle was a stone table, littered with the hacked-up parts of an unfortunate bayou hunter who had been hobbled by a gator's bite before coming to the wrong place in search of aid. As Ezekiel chanted, he drew up a slab of meaty flesh and hurled it into the nearby swamp waters, where a gator, possibly the same one that had crippled the sacrifice, gulped it down with one bite of its massive jaws. We beseech the spirits, Ezekiel called. We seek your guidance. Another hunk of flesh was hurled into the waters. Another gator fell upon it with a hiss of contentment. Answer us this question. Honest and true. Splash. Gulp. The gremlins seek a leader through the ritual of demarcrazy. Another piece disappeared into the water. The table was almost empty of offerings now. Who shall choose to lead us in this hour of darkest need? The blood on the table sizzled, burned, and glowed with blue-green light. Still hissing, the blood seeped into the cracks in the stone table, forming a name. So that's the way it is, Tanner Benoit said to his pop, Charles. He sipped from his new flask. The two sat with several other Benoit in the Sharon's float, a tavern in the shantytown district of Edge Point. Humans and even a few other gremlins mulled about the place, some imbibing earthside liquors, others taking a chance on gremlin shine. Chairs of various heights lined the tables, ensuring that members of either race could find a seat. The tavern was, like most of Edge Point, almost sleepily quiet by human standards. For the two gremlins, the atmosphere was uncomfortably ominous. What? Charles asked, loud enough to turn most heads. Damn it, boy, speak up. I can't hear thin over this crowd. Tanner gave his father a suffering look, then tapped the brass listening horn on the table. Grumbling, Charles stuck it in his ear, and Tanner retold the story to the horn. You don't say, Charles shouted. The Joneses is gonna vote for pops, Tanner pleaded. Yeah, they're good spying on summer, boy. Charles took the horn out of his ear and started stuffing the broad end with tobacco to light up. Knew you could do it without getting caught. Tanner closed his eyes, trying to will away the curious onlookers. He drank from his flask until it was empty. Charles puffed on his now-smoking earhorn. Here's what we'll do, and we're going to be sneaky about this, boy, so listen. When the next moon came, the gremlins met again at the Watering Hall. Every Gremlin family was attending. The Joneses, the Lacroix, the Tuckets, the Benoit, the Leblancs, the Turners, the Brackenridges, the Gautreux, the Fishbockers, the Crookshanks, even the Tongs, Leongs, and the Neuma had come, though they kept themselves segregated from the others with hushed voices, threatening gazes, and sharp instruments. The brewmaster went to the speaking stick, which was still functioning despite having been abandoned in the swamp for a month, and spoke clearly. Speakers for the families stepped forward. Summer went first, shouldering his way past Ophelia. The other family heads gathered around the brewmaster. Each of them looked like they knew something the other didn't. There was a tension in the air, like just before a storm. Pistols were stroked, explosives fondled. If nothing else, the Gremlins had all decided that the democracy was anything but boring. The brewmaster's assistant Wesley produced a wooden barrel, sadly empty of moonshine, as well as paper and a big feathery quill. One by one, each of the big hats wrote their pick in secret behind a big tree and deposited the paper into the barrel. When they had finished, the brewmaster's moonshine obi urged the other gremlins forward, one at a time from each family. For those who couldn't write, illiteracy being somewhat common among gremlins, they were permitted to whisper the name of their pick into Wesley's ear, who wrote it down for them. The process took most of the day, and it was a testimony to how curious and vested the Gremlins were in the process that most of them sat quietly, waiting for their turn. The more impatient ones jabbered among themselves, tapped their feet, or ran in circles. Those that voted held an impromptu Bayou footrace afterwards, so the voting was occasionally interrupted by Gremlins running at full speed through the crowds, bowling over anyone in their way. The sun had withered to bruised purple when the last of the votes were set in the hat. Lanterns were lit and glowbugs shimmered, casting the watering hole in a pleasant light. The brewmaster stepped forward to deposit his vote last, and many gremlins applauded, cheered or snored if they'd fallen asleep and had to be smacked back to consciousness. Well, Summer asked. What happens now? Who won? Patience, Summer, the brewmaster assured him. Now the votes must be counted. Counted? Ma Tuckett balked. Most of these boys can't even count their own heads. Not to worry, Brimaster assured her. Just as he is literate, Wesley is even better with numbers. Wesley bowed slightly. His aides brought several buckets forward, and he began to read each vote, depositing them into one of the buckets afterwards. Summer was roused by a gentle pat on his shoulder and sat up to find the glare of early morning sunlight peeking down on him from the bayou canopy. What is it? he asked. Am I gremlin general yet? Lenny stared down at him. Piglet need to party. It's going now, Summer muttered as something trickled down Lenny's stomach. Pushing himself to his feet and past his towering subordinate, Summer waddled back towards the watering hole. "'snatching up a flask of moonshine from a smaller gremlin, he passed. "'The rest of the gremlins had evidently joined him in falling asleep. "'The families had all divided into separate camps, "'more or less falling asleep wherever they found the space to lay their heads. "'Summer found Wesley and the brewmaster speaking in hushed voices. "'I counted them thrice, Master. There can be no doubt.' "'Brewmaster turned, glaring at Summer. "'What are you planning, Summer?' Summer hooked his thumbs into his belt. It is what it is, your eminence. The brewmaster stared at him for a good long time, then slowly nodded. Perhaps. He went to rider's speaking stick. Wake up, my friends. The voting has been completed. Ophelia stretched and rolled her neck as she climbed out of a pile of lacroix. About bloody time. Ma grunted an acknowledgement as she strode forward. If we were back in Tucketlands, this would be over by now. Bunch of lazy fools, a whole lot of you. When the family heads had joined him, the brewmaster spoke again. The voting is over, and the winner is a three-way tie. What? Ophelia asked. Impossible, Zip added. Summer just shook his head. A tie, the brewmaster spoke firmly, between Ophelia Lacroix Myself, the brewmaster, and Lenny Jones. A tense silence hung in the air, followed by the click of a pistol hammer. The gremlins whirled on each other as weapons were drawn in the blink of an eye. Daggers pressed against throats, pistols against temples, clubs against skulls. There wasn't a single gremlin that didn't have a weapon aimed at a potential enemy or have a weapon looming over them in turn. Throats were dry, lips were licked. Sweat ran down green skin. Marge out her spoon at Summer. I don't know what you're trying to pull. Ophelia stared down the barrel of Summer's blunderbuss as she trained her pistols on Mar and the brewmaster alike. Why's your game, Jones? Is this contest rigged? Summer grunted. Ain't no Jones ever gonna follow no girl. Zip leapt to his feet so fast he almost set off every gun present. Damnation! He kicked one of the buckets, sending a single vote for Captain Zip fluttering in the breeze like an angry moth. You land-loving fleabins wouldn't know proper leadership if it bit you in the face. This whole democracy was my idea. I withdraw my vote. I withdraw all my crew's votes. Before his crew could protest, Zip drew his lightning gun and fired off a bolt, searing the air over their heads. I'll have no insubordination. It's mutiny. Mutiny is what it is. Everyone back on the ship. Shore leave is cancelled. All shore leave is cancelled. Get. He fired off another bolt, this time into the gremlins around him, electrocuting two masked gremlins and searing several dozen buttocks as his crew fled through the swamp towards the tethering lines mooring the infamy overhead. When he was satisfied they were properly motivated, Zip activated his jetpack and launched himself skyward still squealing off expletives that even Jones had to admit were pretty colourful, if hard to pronounce. When the infamy was little more than a shrinking dot on the horizon, the brewmaster turned to Wesley, who was digging out slips of paper from the buckets. Well? Sorry, master, Wesley said. With the removed votes, you are out of the running. Now it is a two-way tie between Ophelia Lacroix and Lenny Jones. The brewmaster nodded solemnly. A tiebreaker must be decided, then. Pistols, Ophelia immediately offered. Drinking contest, Ma said, smirking. No drinking, Summer retorted. Slowly, everyone turned to stare at him, as if he'd just grown two heads. Summer sheepishly rubbed the back of his neck. My boy can handle his liquor, don't be mistaken me, but sometimes he gets a bit riled up when he's hit the hooch. Starts... Petting a little too hard, if you take my meaning. Twisting, really. He had this one piglet that... Enough, the brewmaster said. This is getting us nowhere. Ophelia, I admire your leadership abilities. But surely you recognize that many Gremlins here will never follow a woman's lead. Summer grinned. Darn straight. Ophelia glared at Summer, then gave brewmaster a disappointed look. I'm sorry you think like that, Brewmaster. But a vote's still a vote. Brewmaster bowed his head. Personal feelings in this matter must be put aside. We need a leader everyone will stand behind. Wait, Ma Tuckett shouted. She banged her spoon against the speaking stick, creating an explosive cacophony that drove every gremlin present to their knees. When everyone had stopped moaning in pain, she leaned forward and spoke into the stick. I want to change my vote. You can't change your vote, Summer shouted. He glared at the brewmaster. She can't do that, can she? I can and I will, Ma snapped. You got a lot of nerve talking down to Ophelia like that. Ophelia stared at Ma in surprise. Ma, thanks for being. I vote for Lenny, Ma shouted as she pumped a fist into the air. And no good piece of pig shit, Ma winked at her. We ain't that friendly, girl. Ophelia ground her teeth and glared death at Martucket. Without breaking her gaze, she waved over one of the young loquire and handed off her pistol. Get me something bigger. The one with the dynamite. As the young loquire darted past him, giggling in glee, Wesley tentatively cleared his throat. Then the tie is broken. The new leader of the gremlins, the gremlin general, is Lenny Jones. Everyone stood in silence. Pistols were lowered, knives sheathed, clubs shouldered. Then, after a moment, they cheered. If only because this whole weird human democracy thing was finally over. Lenny, Summer called out, his jaws flapping as he turned his head from side to side. Where you at, boy? A pair of Joneses took Lenny's hand and led him over to the speaking stick. Lenny cradled his piglet under the other arm, staring at nothing as he mumbled under his breath. Lenny Jones, Summer cried. That's my boy. You did it, son. Congratulations, Ophelia said half-heartedly. You be sure to do right by us, you hear? Ma nodded, slowly backing away from the gathering, without trying to look like she was doing so. Lenny, 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 Summer chanted, pumping his fists. Soon the entire Jones family was doing it, and then the other gremlins in attendance joined in. Lenny's brow furrowed, causing his cross-eyed stare to become considerably worse. Come on, boy, Summer said. Give us a speech. Every leader's got to say a speech. Speech, the gremlins called. Speech. Lenny blinked, swallowed some excess drool, and stepped up to the speaking stick. I like my piglet. Sometimes she fits in my pocket. The gremlins exchanged confused glances. Then a few nodded as if they got it, and those who didn't get it also nodded so they wouldn't be singled out for being stupid. Soon the entire crowd was clapping, cheering, and giving serious philosophical consideration to the applications of pocket-sized pigs in the grand scheme of interfamily politics and the future of the gremlin people. Summer put his hands on his hips and beamed proudly at Lenny who started to wander back into the crowd until some of his more able-minded kin held him in place. One of them lifted Lenny's arm in a victorious pose, and Lenny smacked him out of reflex, hard enough to splatter his cousin's head like a watermelon. This made him even more popular with the audience. That's my boy, Summer sighed, wiping at his eyes. They grow up so fast. Ma snorted. He only won 'cause because I made it so. Something will remember, don't you worry, Ophelia replied. A pack of smaller gremlins pushed their way through the crowd. In their thin arms, they carried a bulky weapon that looked like a cross between a rocket launcher, a mining machine, and a crate of dynamite. Everyone immediately took two steps away from her. Summer shook his head as he eyed the dangerous-looking weapon. Don't matter much to me. I'd have taken the lead if it was given to me. But the people have spoken. My boy is Gremlin General now. That he is, Ophelia agreed. She waved to the smaller gremlins, drawing them and their modified weapon to her side. You'll have to make the tough decisions, the brewmaster interjected. You'll need a big hat, Summer said. A gremlin general needs a proper, great big hat. Though, uh, maybe not as big as his dear old dad's. "'He's the Gremlin General. He gets the biggest hat!' an older gremlin shouted out from nearby. "'The Ortegas have hats called sombreros. He should get one of those!' "'Now hold on!' Summer started. "'No, the Ortegas only work for the Guild,' Ophelia said, "'the heavy weapon already lifted up on her shoulder. "'Charles Benoit finally spoke up, adding his voice to the confusion. "'We need a hat what the Governor General wears!' you want to steal his hat? Go right ahead and try, Martucket chortled. She had moved to place herself on the other side of Summer, who hadn't quite realized what was happening just yet. Maybe I will, he shouted back. Tanner, where'd you get, boy? Summer threw his own hat down onto the ground in frustration. He'll wear the hat I'd give him, and that's that, Jones said. From his seat at the side of the confusion, the brewmaster stroked his chin. Demo crazy. It's no wonder humans are so strange. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malaphone.